Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the block, Andrew Jump. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. It's got the ball. Jared Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today, the Supercoach Whisperer, your main man for Supercoach Classic in 2021, joins me today to go through his non-cheapy Bible. We're going to have a deep focus on six guys today. Anthony Milford, Will Hoppawade, Michael Morgan, Jack Bird, Regan Campbell-Gillard, and Caelan Ponga. Over the next week, we're going to have three podcasts dropping with the Supercoach Whisperer going through his non-cheapy Bible. That's one player from each and every club in the NRL. Let's kick off with the first ticks today. The Whisperer is back. What is doing, mate? Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. How are you? How's life in the guru world? Mate, all going well, all going well. Footy season is getting closer. And, mate, I've been noticing on your uh, on your Whisperer page on Instagram, the content, it is going mad. I think I'm setting myself mad making it, but it's good to put it out there. There's a lot of stuff out there already, and uh, we've got some big things coming up in the future as well. Mate, you speak of big things. Obviously, the podcast launched this week. That must be really exciting for you. Uh, yeah, so I decided to take the plunge and do my own podcast. Um, you can find that on Apple and Spotify. It's just at SC Whisperer. Um, just search that into your search bar. I should come up. Uh, if not, send me a message and I can happily send you the link. But yeah, podcasting world's hard, mate. I'm sure you know that. Um, you got probably countless messages from me asking how to set it up and how to edit and whatnot. But uh, it's up and running now, so that gives the listeners a little bit more content out there that is just not you and me as well. Mate, it's all up and running now, but there was uh, there was some panic stations there for a while there, wasn't there? Oh, uh, mate, I'd, I'd post episodes, I'd edit them, and it'd take me hours to do, and then it wouldn't go live, and then it would, but at times I didn't want it to, and you copped, uh, you copped a, big, a, bit of a, a bit of a rant from me about the podcasting world and how shit it is, but uh, yeah, look, it's all up and running now. I had to change hosts a couple of times, but we've got it, uh, we've got it running and rocking and rolling. No, I'm happy for you, mate. It's really exciting. Now, obviously on the Instagram page this week, you've been talking about your non-cheapy Bible. Now, for those that are new to Supercoach or might just not understand what a non-cheapy Bible is, tell me about it. So these are guys that aren't going to be your certified cash cows. These are guys that are going to pop up in the Supercoach sphere throughout 2021, whether it be good or bad. 
Um, I'm positive you'll see all the names on the Supercoach non-cheapy Bible. Uh, and then it's just my opinion on how I think they're going to fare out in 2021 and what their stocks are like. Now, mate, the very first guy on this list is a guy that I know you love. I'm not as fond of him, and he might be the biggest Supercoach enigma of all time, Anthony Milford. Why does he get a feature on here? That's exactly what I titled the article, is Milford the Enigma, because every year it just seems like whether he's 150K or 800K, people are still going to take a punt on him. Uh, as I posted on your page, I've been on the Milford train since 2015, and I get off. It's like Hotel California. You can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. Look, the the big upside for Milford this year is is Kevy Walters in the building. I feel that's going to really help him. I'm pretty sure it's a contract year as well, which uh, statistics have shown players do lift in a in a non in a contract ending year. Uh, we've also got finally an organising seven next to Milford as well in uh, young Tommy Dearden. No disrespect to to Brady Croft, but I feel he wasn't a natural seven. He was more of an eyes-up player that reacted to the footy rather than sort of setting it around him. I feel Dean will really help Milford uh, in 2021. Like I said, priced at a rock bottom 304000 It's pretty much a risk-free investment. I think he only has to average about 26, 27 to make your money. And uh, through Supercoach, we know what he can do. His averages of 67 and 70 in years gone past. So I feel it's a pretty uh, safe investment on the Milf. I guess, mate, for those that have only joined Supercoach, Supercoach in the last year or two, I mean, if they haven't experienced the roller coaster that is Milford when he's at his very best, I'm not sure if there's a worse player to be coming up against. No, if you if you you're, you're obviously a draft man, you know yourself. If you look down at a new week and see Milf, you know you could either win by 200 or lose by 200. He's just one of those guys that could really light a team up or, or really tear him down. But in prior years, he's been priced at a weird amount, sort of 450, 500 thousand, but a poor year last year really has dropped his price to basically the lowest it'll ever be. And this is the first time I've ever owned Milf. Um, I've always been a big fan of him, but never been able to pull the trigger. Even in his good years, I wasn't on there. But uh, yeah, 2021 will be the first year that uh, Milf makes his side, makes his name in my team. And obviously the other thing with Anthony Milford is if he is going good and he is capable of the 70 plus, 100 plus scores, he is playing for the Brisbane Broncos, so he will be playing Thursday, Friday nights. He becomes a VC option, doesn't he? He is. He's a, he's a very left field VC option, but chucking it on him is, uh, I've seen worse moves and he can definitely open up avenues for you later in the week when if Milf kicks kicks off 120, 130, which we know he definitely can, then it could really set your week up if you wanted to pursue that VC loophole that we discussed last week. Now, our next man on our list comes from the Canterbury Bulldogs. Obviously, they finished last last year. Oh, no, they, they came second last, didn't they, behind Brisbane. So we're starting at the bottom here. But Will Hopawade, he's a guy that no matter how Canterbury seemed to be going, his form in Supercoach, it always seems to be pretty consistent, doesn't it? It does, and people never really jump on him. So he's always a pod fan favorite, especially later in the season. He's not really an origin contender, so he's always going to be around that a stage of the year when you can put him in and, and know you're going to get consistent performances out of him. But I've got uh, Will Hop White in the negative column this year, unfortunately. I think the acquisition of Kotrick and the new acquisition of Corey Allen really puts a dent in his stocks moving forward. Like, Will Hop White works best as a fullback, but you've got guys like uh, Corey Allen and Nick Cotridge is probably going to play centre, so that's one centre spot left out. You've got guys like Jack Avarillo, who is the future of the Bulldogs. So it makes Hop White's spot not nerve-wracking to, to look at, but definitely the stocks of his super coach, uh, it just de- uh, deepens a little bit because you look at his stats and he doesn't perform as good in the centers as he does fullback. Look, obviously a lot of players do because you're not going to get that creative freedom. But uh, Hopper's price at just under 400000 
And then there's some other guys that uh, are in that center wing category at smaller prices that could definitely have more upside than Hopper, unfortunately. He's a guy that I was really high on until the signing of Corey Allen. When he is playing fullback, he's sensational. And I mean, he's been playing fullback in a team that is nothing like what they're going to have in 2021. It was really exciting. But as you said, the acquisition of Corey Allen, it just completely sinks the Will Hopawade ship, doesn't it? Exactly. And, and Corey Allen is shown last year that he's a phenomenal fullback. And that's probably his main position moving forward, being stuck behind Luttrell. Um, it was just a not a good move to stay at South Sydney. And I like the signing from the Borgs for Corey Allen, but unfortunately, I think it spells disaster for Supercoach owners of Will Hopawati. And I guess at some point during the season, if there is an injury to Corey Allen or whatever, and he's going to be out long-term and Will Hopawati is the man, he's a guy that you definitely should be looking at at that point, isn't he? Definitely, because if he goes as poor as I think he will, his price will drop to probably around 320, 330. And yeah, look, if Corey Allen's out long-term, then he'll shift back to fullback. You assume Avarillo comes into the centres and it frees up the old hop wider that we know. But unfortunately, come round one, I don't think that's how it's going to start. Allenby one, Kotrick will be in the other centre spot and that'll leave one for hop Let's move up to North Queensland, mate. And um, this guy, he was missing last year. We saw him in 2017 have one of the most underrated seasons of all time for me. Michael Morgan, um... You know, on when he's playing State of Origin, he's found his way into the centres. He's come off the bench. He's sort of played a roaming lock sort of role. But up in the North Queensland Cowboys, he's the starting seven. He's the man they're built around. And, mate, he's a guy that I can never quite get a read on. I love Michael Morgan as a footballer. But as a super coach player, I, I've never really been able to... I've never been able to predict exactly what's going to happen with him. I had him uh, 2019, I think, early in the season. He performed really, really well before he went down. I think he had an average about 55. And coming off the bench in my team, I think he was priced around 350. And he made good coin. He got injured. And that was the story for, for Michael Morgan, unfortunately. It's a, a player riddled with injury. And he's someone I've put into the sort of unsure category. He's someone that has upside because he is a dual position 5'8 halfback. So you can swap him around. In terms of making your trades... But uh, the price is a little awkward at 386. I mean, there's not a lot of room to make if he doesn't fire, uh, and he can still possibly lose money at that price as well. It's a little bit different than Milford. Milford never has had real injury concerns. He'll have a niggle here and there, but you can generally bank on 17, 18 games from Milford a year, apart from last year. So that's why I think Milford's a safer option at 5'8. But I got a little bit of a stick for saying that uh, without Michael Morgan, JT wouldn't have a ring for North Queensland. I think you have a similar opinion, mate. Uh, I have the exact same opinion. If I was JT, I'd be sending Michael Morgan a Christmas card every year and then a couple during the season just quietly. Exactly. But yeah, look, Michael Morgan, the positives are the dual position. The downside is the weird price and the and the injury concerns, unfortunately. So he's someone to take. If you're going to take a punt on, you've got to stick by him. But uh, I wouldn't begrudge you going either way. Mate, obviously the injuries, they are a major concern. One positive that I see with Michael Morgan, I think Todd Payton's going to be sensational for him. Yeah, 100%, mate. I've got a piece on uh, Scott Drinkwater coming out, and he did the same thing for Cody Nicarima uh, and uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, Todd Payton made them better halves in terms of supercoach standings as well, like a big increase in minutes, points, and all-around productivity. So fingers crossed that uh, TP can do the same for Morgan, but uh, for the Whisperer, it's a wait and see, unfortunately. Mate, heading down to the St. George Illawarra Dragons, and this guy, I'm not sure if there's anyone I'm more excited about this year than Jack Bird. Uh, obviously, moving to the Dragons, where it all started for him. I remember watching him play juniors of the Dragons, and, mate, it, it was like it was like Jonah Lomu in Jonah Lomu rugby. It was just something else, Jack Bird, and 
Seeing him back in the red V, it's going to be fantastic. He has had his injuries worries over the last few years. And I mean, over the last five years, what has he played? Center, second row, lock, 5'8", fullback. He has just done it all. It looks like he's going to find his way into the back row at the Dragons. But, I mean, that spine with with, with Ben Hunt, with Cam McInnes, they were swapping around a lot last year in the hooking role. Um, I mean, if Jack Tabellum was to walk back into the picture at some point this year, it could be chaos for Jack Bird. Where do you see him playing in 2021? Where do I see him playing? I, unfortunately, I think I see he's going to be stuck in the centers. I want him to be in the back row or lock position. But when I posted when I posted this, I was really really high on Jack Bird. But the more I read, the more I see that he is training at uh, at center, which I think is a massive waste of his talent. And I'm sure you totally agree. Jack Bird is a dominating footballer when he has the ball in hand and out of the center. He's just going to get very little touches. If he can find his way into the forwards, I think he's a must have, especially at the price, um, especially at dual position to at center wing second row uh, super coaches know how vital that is to have that freedom to be able to switch around between both positions hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But um, Jack Bird, look, I think it's one for Teamless Tuesday. When it's it's going to be hectic round one. If if he's named at 12 or 11, then obviously, yeah, he's a slam dunk. If he's at three or four, uh, I think it's a bit of a wait and see, especially with the Dragons' last luck, last luck to it. Especially with the Dragons' last luck to attack. Um, there's very little creativity to come from there. I think Ben Hunt needs to be playing nine. He's a much more creative nine than he's a seven, but Hook Griffin has a favoritism with Ben Hunt. We know that he gets the best footy out of him at seven. So it's I guess it's a wait and see with Jack Bird at Teamless Tuesday. What do you think, Guru, about uh, Bird's stocks moving forward? Well, mate, from what I've gathered, I, I believe that he'll have Ben Hunt and he'll have Corey Norman in the halves. I think he'll go with the old uh, Brisbane combo there, Hook. And um, I believe Cam McInnes will be the nine. So there is a jersey open there at 13. He could be on an edge as well. You know, I, I've been saying this for two or three years with Jack Bird. I would be playing him at 13. Um, and I think that if he's, as you said, if you get to team lists and he's 11, 12 or 13... I, I think you'd be a bold man to leave him out. But I, I think what the St. George Illawarra coaching staff would be worried about is, of course, putting him in the middle. He has had a lot of injuries lately. I guess the worry would just be, can his body handle it? I think if I think if Bird stays healthy, we'll definitely see him finish the year uh, in the forwards. But yeah, right. You might, it might be just a case of him being eased into it a little bit at the centres. Um, the Dragons also have uh, young, is it Jackson Ford? I think his uh, first name is. He's very, very handy as well and has good super coach stocks as well. So if he isn't to be named in the second row, there is another Dragons option there. But I think it's a case of him being eased back into the side uh, and not being burnt out. I've got very, very high stocks on Jackson Ford. I think he's going to be a really good footballer. Personally, I see him being on one edge, Tariq Sims on the other, and then I'd have Jack Bird at 13. Is there someone I'm missing there in the St. George lineup? Tyson uh, Frizzell's left. No, I think yeah, I think one of the Sims boys I was thinking of too, but that 13 rolls open. I'd like to see it uh, McInnes at 13, Hunt at 9. Maybe Adam Clune at 7. I don't know what you do with the 6 jersey. I mean, Corey Norman... He just he's just there, isn't he? He's just he just lingers around. It's it's like a bad smell. You can't get rid of Corey Norman. He'll have a run of five bad games and then he'll kick a field goal to win a game for the Dragons and all of a sudden he's he's the Prince of Wollongong. So 
I think Jack Bird's going to be a real effect of that. And it really hinders, it's going to sound weird, but it's going to hinder on their halves, I think, Jack Bird and how he stands in the Dragon side. Let me ask you this, this far, if we get halfway through the season and Corey Norman isn't going overly well and they move Jack Bird to six, do your stocks rise on him then? Um, yeah, it's a similar thing as 13, isn't it? He gets his hands on the footy more. He can take on the line at, at six as well. He can ball play. He can set up. Um, his defensive load won't be too high, so he should have a little bit of energy conserved. And fingers crossed, if he's playing center to start of the year, his price will decline, and you can pick him up for a good price if he's named at six. Mate, the next man on our list, Regan Campbell-Gillard, RCG. Now, this is a guy that... I mean, I would watch him play a game of football and think, oh, he scored 40-odd, and then I'd turn on Supercoach and he's sitting on 65. Some games, he just flew under the radar unbelievably. Personally, I'm not convinced he's going to be a 55-point front rower consistently. What are your thoughts on him? Nor am I, mate. Look, this is a bit of a... It was hard with Parramatta to make a, a player around them. There is one uh, 5'8 by the name of Dylan Brown that I really like coming into it, but I do have some content coming up around him. I think he's set to have a really big year um, with Mitch Moses taking more of a playmaking role and putting away that highlight reel. But in terms of RCG, I mean, yeah, look, he played really, really well during the year. Um, he got a lot of hype from mainstream media. Commentators love to put him over, but... This was more inclusion because I don't want new players to get sucked into the name value of a player. If you look deeper into his stats, when Parramatta needed Campbell Gillard in that back end of the year to try and build a momentum, he hit his average once in eight games. So he really tailed off at the end of last year. I think teams sort of worked out how to manage him. Um, I still think that Paulo is the, the dominant prop forward at Parramatta. And like I've made a post about, I could name you three or four prop forwards with a similar price range that are the main man at their club and have increasing workloads and... I think it's a bit of second-year syndrome for Campbell Gillard at Parramatta. I think he's going to really uh, drop off in terms of production. And I just don't want people to get stuck looking at uh, averages from last year and think, oh, well, this is a good guy for the price. It's a deeper-lying factors there. And like I said, he tailed off last year pretty pretty badly. And I feel like he's going to start the same in 2021. Jeez, I'm just looking at his stats from last year now. I mean, it's all 40s, essentially, except for a six-game run last year, 91, 64, 77, 82, 106 with a try, 62, 64. But then the rest of it, I mean, there's a heap of high 30s in there too. He's a hard bloke to get a read on. He's not one that you could trust for me. No, and like this is the thing. Like You watch Parramatta on a Friday night and Channel, Channel 1 commentators will put him over because he's big and he gets going forward. But it's the eye test for super coaches, and that's one of the advices I can give you guys. All the stats in the world, sometimes don't replicate the eye test. I mean, look at Campbell Graham. He had an average last year of 57 with 54 in base, which is obviously, yeah, really good. But like I said, I think there's some regression on the cards for Campbell Graham this year. There's Parramatta have strengthened a little bit um, with the forwards. And I just don't see Campbell Gillard getting the 56 minutes a game that he got this year. I think they're going to go to Paulo because their attack was crucial. Surrounding him and his offloading skills at the line. Mate, the last man we're going to talk about in part one of our non-cheapy Bible is, of course, Kalen Ponga. Now, this is a guy that, I mean, his his scores just so heavily rely on Mitchell Pearce for me, and there's been chaos there all preseason. I spoke about it on my podcast the other day. I mean, here they are naming five guys that could potentially be their captain. Big Clemmer isn't one of them. Blake Green seems to be the favorite. They were happy to let him leave. The club only a few months ago for him now to return and potentially be the captain. I personally don't like what I'm seeing up at Newcastle at the moment, and my stocks were very high on them a few months ago, and it worries me about KP. What are your thoughts? 
It doesn't just worry me with KP as well. Like, let's look at Kurt Mann. Like, Kurt Mann had a career year last year, and the minute that Blake Green was available, he was Kurt Mann was just cast off to the side to play nine, especially when you had guys like uh, Chris Randall. So, obviously, there's some underlying things going on at Newcastle that we don't know about. But if Pierce goes, Ponga's pretty much a not a not have. Like, we look at uh, historical stats, and he does perform terribly without Pierce. Like, Pierce sets up so much for Ponga around out the back and. People love to bag Mitchell Pierce, but he's one of the best organizers in the game. Like he, he probably isn't the best finished product inside the opponent's twenty, but getting your team into a spot and getting them going forward, there's none better than Pierce. Uh, you got to put him up there in the, probably the top three or four halves to do that. And without him, if he goes, I think it spells one disaster for Newcastle. And obviously that uh, flows on to Ponga, who had a career year last year. I think his average was around eighty, and he was priced at over seven hundred thousand. So he's going to be missing the first couple of rounds. Tex Hoyle coming at fullback. Um, that's another one I want people to be careful of. If you're going to look at Tex Hoy, just know that Ponga is going to come back. Um, but yeah, look, I don't, I don't rate Ponga this year. I mean, if he shows up um, before Origin, then yeah, he's probably someone to look at because he will be a lower price. But with the uncertainty of Pierce and this weird leadership group, I, I don't know if I could really look at anyone heavily from Newcastle that, that is in that upper echelon of price bracket. And we'll talk more about it as the season gets closer, but... You know, there was three guys you mentioned there, Kurt Mann, Connor Watson, Tex Hoy, and they're three really versatile fellas who are all three of them fantastic footballers. But when you've got that much depth in a footy side, it can be it can be quite detrimental, Supercoach-wise, can't it? Exactly right. And I put out a podcast on this this morning on Kurt Mann. Like, you look at him and Connor Watson, they could both play fullback if they had to. They could both play in the centres. They could both, both play six, both play hooker, and both play 13. And you probably can't carry that many utility players in your side. And one of them has to drop out. And, and based on form, I think Kurt Mann's the one that has to go at Newcastle, unfortunately. Like, yeah, he played phenomenal. But the points I just made, he was... He was shafted out of the six jersey pretty quickly when, when Blake Green was brought in. And it just doesn't make sense in my head as to why they would let him go, but bring him back in and make him club captain. It, Newcastle looked on the on the up for, for the last 24 months. And it just seems like they've really uh, not fallen off the wagon, but I'm sure you could agree that Newcastle seemed weird at the moment. And like I said, I think it's really going to affect guys in that, uh, in that price bracket. I was looking at David Clemmer, but if he's not being named in this leadership group and he was a former international player, like what does that say about his preseason? What does it say about his attitude behind the scene? And that's probably going to have a role on effect for Supercoach. What do you think? Yeah, well, as I said the other day too, I mean, it's also, he's been dropped from the New South Wales side and Brad Fittler, you know, he kind of tiptoed around the fact that it was related to attitude. So it's a bit of a worry with Clemmer. And like, I, I would like to think that if there was a reason why he said, I don't want a leadership role that we would have heard about it by now. I mean, there's not much that doesn't leak out of Newcastle. Barry Tui's all over everything. It's just been radio silence uh, from exactly, the Clemmer exactly, camp. Man. It's, it's just, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like I, I will uh, expose myself a little bit here. I, I do live in Newcastle and not a bit of footy news doesn't get around this town. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's probably one of the top five. I'd happily say props in the game doesn't get some kind of leadership role, especially with a, with an up and coming forward pack. It just doesn't make sense in my head. Mate, I, I have completely backflipped on Newcastle. I thought they were going to have a really good season. I thought Tyson Frizzell was a fantastic signing, but mate, the optics coming out of that place, it just, it just doesn't look good to me. And I mean, we're, we're also now hearing that, you know, well, we've heard over the last few weeks that, you know, a lot of these issues was because Lachlan Fitzgibbon is um, one of his mates, is the partner of this girl. And now it's looking also like Lachlan Fitzgibbon could miss out on a starting spot, according to Barry Tui. So, mate, this could be the start of some real chaos. And, and for me, you know, everyone wants to tell me how good Adam O'Brien is, and I appreciate that. But 
mate, this situation, this could explode. And this is where having an experienced coach like a Bellamy, like a Bennett, these sort of guys, it would really come in handy, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I think the the trait of man management in coaching is very 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 much under underappreciated, and it's going to take a lot of. Uh, a lot of fortitude for Matt O'Brien to work this out because you've got guys like Fitzgibbon who was a senior member of that team. You've got guys like Pierce who was the captain. Um, you've got guys like Clemmer who obviously seemed to be on not so much the decline but just a bit of a weird trope. You've got Caelan Pollen coming back from an injury. So you need to manage all these things very well. And in Newcastle, you can't really put a foot wrong because the, the city is so passionate and if they feel their footy team's going backwards, then I think it's the, uh, the coach's head on the chopping board and I'm sure Nathan Brown can vouch for that. Mate, uh, over the next few days, we're going to have part two of the non-cheapy Bible. We're talking Isaiah Yo, Jai Arrow, Ryan James, Victor Radley, and Tommy Travojevic. Is there one that you're really looking forward to there? Uh, I've probably slated him enough. I'd say Jai Arrow, but I think he's copped it from the whisperer too much. Uh, I think Tommy Turbo is obviously the one that people are going to look at because he could have a phenomenal year or he could be broken after two rounds. So he's one that I'm, I'm keen to talk about. The gamble that never ends. I absolutely love it. Whisper, it's been a pleasure having you on once again. We look forward to hearing from you over the next few days. We're talking part two of the Non-Cheapy Bible. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.